All right, we are live. Welcome to the Microsolidarity YouTube channel podcast thingamajig. <laughs> um, so Microsolidarity, Liminal Web, what are they? What do they have to say to each other? That's what we're about here today. All right, uh, let's do a round of uh, introductions. First, I want to I want to thank uh, Lisa Marie for stepping up from the Microsolidarity side to co-host here, and welcome to the Microsolidarity world to Danielle, Narayan, Daniel, and Phil. Uh, what if we each introduce ourselves? Um, where we're at? Anything you'd like uh, people to know about you, and then. What is your relationship or lack thereof to microsolidarity and or liminal web? So I'll lead us off. Hello, everyone. I'm James coming to you from Seattle in the Pacific Northwest of the U.S. And this is my jam here today because I consider both microsolidarity and Liminal Web to be an integral part of my last three years being in those scenes and with the many, many people that I have met and interacted with these ideas. So I'm super excited to have brought this together and maybe I'll pass it along just in the order that I mentioned everybody's names a minute ago. Um, hi, everyone. I'm Lisa Marie uh, Pierre. I am from Long Island, New York. That's where I am right now. I uh, joined or started participating in Microsolidarity maybe a couple of years ago and have just been really interested in learning about community development and community building. These were things that I feel like I was naturally doing, but didn't have words or names and definitions to. So it was really cool to just stumble on that community. And then when James mentioned um, um, LimiCon and I looked it up, I was like, oh, this is interesting too. And he told me about Liminal Web and I looked it up and I was like, wow, this is exactly what I've been thinking about too. So I'm just really excited to speak with everyone and hear more about what you're working on. I don't remember the order that you mentioned, James. Well, now it's you. <laughs> okay. Uh, my name is Narayan, and I'm based out of Toronto. Um, I guess you could say the last uh, the last five years or so, I've been quite interested in human cultures um, and how they interact at the the individual, the crew level, the uh, larger community, the congregation. A lot of micro strategy words are a part of my learning culture, uh, which I see to have arisen um, somewhat independently of micro-solidarity in some ways, as in there's not a lot of direct, obvious connections. It, it wouldn't trace its lineage to micro-solidarity, but they do exist within the same ecosystem. And so a lot of the same thinking and the questions that are asked, uh, both within my learning community and the micro-solidarity space, um, I think have a lot of convergence. And so when I imagine this thing that I guess some people are calling the liminal web, but for the time that I've been aware that there's a thing out there, it mostly hasn't had a name. And it's actually gone by, uh, people call it different things, the meta network, the network of networks, that thing that's emerging. Um, but there seems to be a lot of 
different communities that are converging on something, a new a new way of being human with each other um, that seems to enable deeper collaboration uh, and coordination to allow us to see systems in a different way, to hold complexity differently, and that this has some sense of importance for the world that we want to build together. I'll pause there. Well, I'm Danielle, everyone, and I'm in the Midwest, a kind of small town, farming town called DeKalb, Illinois, about an hour, hour and a half west of Chicago. And um, I did not really know what microsolidarity was till about an hour ago when I <laughs> Googled it and looked it up. And I, but I also felt like <laughs> reading it, like this is just kind of infused in my being. Like this is just kind of what I've been doing in the world, I feel like, and, and what we've been doing at Limicon. And so I didn't really have familiarity with the words, but they resonated a lot when I looked into them. Um, the liminal web I'm, I'm more familiar with, that's kind of the, the way that I got into this space. Um, and um, as, as I've been participating in the web, seeing how actually bigger, how, how much bigger it was and how many adjacent communities were all kind of coming around the same ideas and um, talking about the same things. And so um, I quickly saw that, and, and I kind of playfully say that the liminal web isn't the same liminal web that, that we talk that Joe Lightfoot talked about in his article, but is really kind of much more expansive and what really excites me is that expansiveness because that to me says there's a lot of people out here kind of it's not just this little pocket here it's it's big and um that's that's what brings me passion and, and hope and all those things so what about daniel thanks um yeah, uh, answering questions around psychogeographies like uh, liminal, liminal web and microsolidarity, I find is is very difficult for me. Um, I tend to just like get pulled into things and like just follow currents, and so um, having to remember like all the like oh now I'm here now I'm there. Um, uh, so I, I think I'll more speak to like the current I'm, I'm feeling. Um, there's like this like really nice um sort of grounded and idealistic um sort of energy or like um something that we're we're all trying to follow like this current through through you know our, our reality like through the world that we live in and it's it's really cool and, and i love that you guys are naming all the places as we go by um i think that's that's really fun and I'm, I'm really enjoying it. I'm really happy to be here. And I look forward to what happens and what unfolds. Cool. Um, I'm Phil. I'm normally based out of Toronto. I'm currently living liminally, driving around the US. And I probably entered this scene in 2019 when I got introduced to a Daniel Schbachtenberger podcast and 
it resonated with me deeply in terms of like, yeah, there's something deep about these meta problems that we're facing today and probably uh, against probably my parents' wishes. I'm like, I want to go down this current as, as Daniel said. Um, and yeah, I'd listened to all these podcasts. I wrote the game B wiki, spent a lot of time trying to like grapple with some of these problems. And along the way, I've definitely heard of micro solidarity. I feel like a very strong resonance. Like I really believe in high trust communities, decentralization. Um, I think the question that I have probably held for the last three years is how do we build high trust communities above Dunbar's number, above 150 people? Um, and in some ways, Limicon is kind of like a, a test in that rough area, which gets me excited. Um, and there's also something that I'm hearing here is like, what is the liminal web? And maybe like Limicon is helping us really trying to discover not maybe not the inners, but also the outer edges of what what is this quote unquote web or liminal web that we are so talking about. Um, yeah. Thanks. I think that's actually a perfect segue into just, I feel like all of you touched on this and uh, defining, like, what is the definition? And I'm curious your thoughts about if we could pull on that a little bit. What is the definition and is the lack of definition like a problem? If multiple people don't know what it is and they're all scattered, does that um, lead to anything? Modern definition like to define, I picture something around edges or like if I was to draw an outline of something, I could define an area. And one of the big pieces of, of limit, the Limicon project that we're, we're doing is for each person who signs up, the first invitation they get is to join a network map where they get to put themselves and say who they're connected to including organizations and other people who have already said yes to the Limicon invitation. And so from this map's perspective, the shape of the web will only become clear after everyone has signed up. We don't know what the edges are yet uh, because I guess I guess the definition um, is is more around do you resonate with the invitation, which would be the thing in the middle because in addition to seeing the shape of something as people fill out this network map, we'll also see the cluster and the density of different relationships. And that, so there will be a center of the map, the Limicon map per se. And this would be different than any other event that we host. If we hosted this last year, it would be a different group of people who show up. If we put out the same invitation two years from now, I imagine it will gather a different group of people as well. So there's a way in which the invitation itself will have a heart, but the edges we won't know until until afterwards. Yeah. Yeah, and the edges, hard to pin down, but also how much use is there in finding those exact edges? Uh, I like that metaphor of fingers pointing to the moon and you know, don't get distracted by the finger that's pointing to the moon, lest you miss the heavenly glory. And there's something about like, okay, it's that, call it the center or call it the moon, or there's there's some essence uh, that we seem to be pointing in the general same direction. And whether you're pointing from over here or over there, uh, you're sort of pointing at the same thing. And if you can sort of get across at some basic level, 
what the moon is like that you're pointing at, then the other folks go like, oh yeah, yeah, that's, that's, that's my moon too. That's what I've been seeing. That's what I've been feeling. I think I feel that in both microsolidarity and in the liminal web. Somebody asked me to define it. I go kind of, how much, how much time do you have? What, uh, what level uh, of definition might we go into? But my short version for microsolidarity is, hey, it's principles for decentralized organizing. And y'all are some of the core organizers here of this Limicon2024.com that is coming up soon. And I would love to hear more about your experience organizing and working at different layers of the fractal. Uh, but also maybe first, does somebody want to give us the elevator pitch of Limicon and what it actually is? So I'll start with that and then people can fill in. Um, so it was born out of um, the idea of Emerge Austin, I think, where it was bring a bunch of people into a space and see what emerges. Um, and after that, a group of us got together and we said, okay, how do we, how do we plan this next one? How do we do it? different how do we you know improve on that last iteration and um it ended up that this was going to be an online space and um, that was exciting in some ways because we could bring in some of the people that were on the edges that are unable to um, attend in-person events and so um for me it's about how do we bring in all these people, we're pointing at this thing, right? We, we, we kind of know who's in the space and we kind of see these overlaps and, and how do we bring everybody there into one space and let the network see itself, let the network connect and cohere in better ways um, and also see what emerges out of it. Um, and so that was kind of the, the, the main idea um, we wanted to have a convention type feel. This is why it's called LimaCon. So this idea that everybody can kind of bring their own things and the vibe of, of the con is, you know, um, the fans create it. And so this is a bunch of fans of this new way of thinking that are coming together and each bringing their own ideas about what that, what that new thing is. Um, and, you know, being in the same space with each other. Um, and, and I think that's what the core idea was. But as we've been planning Limicon, it's also kind of expanded out to be the process of planning Limicon and this beautiful, like deliberately developmental and, you know, <laughs> pushing each other's edges and finding edges within the process of working together. And, and so it's really kind of about the process of building Limicon and, and planning Limicon and creating Limicon that's become more of what Limicon is than actual, than the actual kind of original idea of Limicon. So, yeah. Yeah, there's so much there. I, I wanna add some additional backstory. James, I think you know this. So while Emerge Austin was happening last year, 
Narayan, I, and James were a separate other event called Think Better. And this was a very co-emergent retreat. And we made the decision, at least I made the decision of not going to Emerge Austin, but actually doing that instead. And there was a lot of magic at this. Like, it was very co-creative. And one of the things actually was like, the source map where it's kind of like everybody's kind of all pointing at something similar and there's a source in the middle similar to like the liminal web where each of us is seeing different things and has different language but it's kind of like we're pointing us at this thing in the middle and what is that thing um and yeah out of that um i think part of limicon when i first met danielle um, it was very much talking about co-creation and how we wanted to potentially do something different from Emerge Austin. And I was like, well, got to bring my boy Narayan, who's, we've been doing this co-creation thing at Think Better and try and figure out how do we, yeah, how do we bring this in? Um, how do we do a month-long convention for this liminal web and the uh, liminal conscious curious people? um and yeah i love what you said it's like it's not like we're not just about oh that but it's also what's, what's the process of actually putting this together can we do this in a way that is um in alignment to the whole co-creation ethos my perspective is i see it as um, and like this is something like Orion sort of was was talking about a long time ago. Um, it's like a murmuration. So when you have the birds, they all fly together. So you can have like a flock where they're like V shaped and they're aiming for something. But often you get when you get just like tons of them, they they do these crazy patterns where they they interact with each other and then the 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 whole the whole thing becomes like a wave or. It looks almost like a live, like just the way they're interacting with each other. And I, I, I recently saw one where there was two of them and like they were kind of attached on one place, but on the other place they weren't. And so they were kind of like not bumping into each other, but sort of play. It seems like playing or, or pushing against each other. And like I'm looking at that, and I'm trying to figure out like where's the boundary? You know, who's leading this? Who's in charge? What does this mean? What are they doing? What's the point? And I'm just watching it. And like, none of those questions make any sense. It's, it's like, it's, it's alive. Like the, the murmuration is obviously like alive and living in some way. And I, I watch the birds and they, they, some of the times they're on the edges and sometimes they go in and sometimes they look like they're leading and sometimes they look like they have no idea what's going on. They're like caught off balance. Um, and so to me, like this, like these this space, these things we're doing is is almost it's it's murmurations, like it's it's the human murmuration. We're all doing actions, and from the outside, it looks like we're doing a thing. And I, like in a way we are, and in another way, we're not. And I don't know how to explain it. But when you're in it, you can feel it. It makes me think if it's less about like the what is going on, but the where 
everyone is going. And that's when you give that dis description of the birds and how they're moving, they're going somewhere. And so maybe that's the, that's the leader, the destination. And for whatever reason, they, they're able to find the gaps, the loops, the, the holes, and they just move together. Um, but I think that's really interesting to kind of describe it in that way, because it's almost like tactic knowledge, right? Tacit knowledge, like you don't always, you're not able to really explain what you're doing, but you're doing it. And I think that's what exactly is happening here, it seems like. Lisa Marie, based on our our elevator pitch, are you stoked? Do you know what to expect? <laughs> Do you have any idea what's going to happen? <laughs> I've, um, you know, I've looked a little bit at the website and I think um, what gets me excited is the, there's like structure, but not structure at the same time in the sense of like on the mural board, there's the, um, you know, you can do, um, there were like the different color boxes and each of them represents something else like ritual or participatory action, whatever it might be. And then there's the calendar. Then you have these people who are putting these like uh, post-it notes and coming up with ideas and saying, this is what's allowed in this space. And then it's, so it's very interesting to have that frame. And then all these other people are coming in to co-create and say, this is what I want to do in this space. And so um, it actually did make me interested and excited to explore and see, like, where does this go and, and how will it um, come out? Um, and another aspect that I thought was pretty cool were the, I don't know if there were guidelines, but it was like, um, things will start when they start, they'll end when they end. And it was just like these like four bullet points. And I was like, oh, that's pretty interesting, you know, like to have kind of like, so there's like, a, um, maybe that's the edge, you know, the you, you guys have created the edge and then people are kind of like stepping in and the network map was really interesting to see like who has a, a cluster around them. Um, so yeah, it was, it was interesting. I think for me, it seems like um, if you compare it to say like a comic con or any of these places where you build bringing together a whole bunch of people in a universe or ecosystem, they all have their various interests, right? You have people who want to dress up in costumes, people who want to go to the the panels, people who just want to like walk around. And um, that's the same kind of thing being here, but it's for people who are doing, um, I would say like more social impact kind of related things. Um, so yeah, I find it interesting. Cool. Yeah, <laughs> I, feel, I, I feel like our description was actually quite geeky as well, which is like some of the listeners of this conversation are going to go, oh, yeah, that's mm -hmm. my jam. Oh, that sounds beautiful. And and I, I suspect that a lot of other people are going to be like, I don't know what they're talking about. They just said a whole bunch of words, but I literally cannot picture. Like, are they talking about an online space? Is this in person? What even... Even even doing the marketing of this, uh, I constantly get feedback, something like uh, people will read our website and then they'll ask us questions uh, about exactly what was on the website. And then and then and I'm like, OK, so you read the words, but it just doesn't connect. It doesn't connect to your heart. Like what's actually here? And I think that's you might experience something similar with micro uh, micro solidarity. Mm -hmm. um, just trying to describe like, well, what does it mean to be in a crew? Oh, well, it's beautiful. There's lots of trust. <laughs> like we can, we're collaborating. And they're like, okay, so you're describing teamwork. I've been on a team before. This resembles something like that. 
And so maybe when I think about the kind of like Limicon that I'm hoping for, um, I'm not in charge or anything, so I can, but there's, there's things that I would kind of like want. I want it to feel like a playground for me. And I want to feel like a child. Like I'm picturing like if you have like 50 kids and you just show them like a large playground, they don't need any instructions. They just go and some kids will start playing tag. Some other kid will just start digging in the dirt by themselves. I don't know. But maybe it's like the murmurations. There's enough sort of like culture there that the kids will have a lot of fun and they'll probably learn some stuff. Maybe somebody will fight. I don't know. But I I guess my greatest fear around Limicon is that it's kind of like a bunch of adults showing up to a playground where there's no kids there. And they just kind of like stand around looking at each other being like, okay, well, um, is someone going to organize something? Well, I don't know. And then they like talk about like maybe doing something and nobody plays. And it's like, okay, let's all go home now. <laughs> That'd be how I describe it to children. I hope we have lots of children at Limicon. I think that uh, taps into, I guess, your slogan, the playing with paradox and, you know, all of that. It's like, how do, how do you create that space for play? Um, also, when we've kind of, if you talk about like this, this two aspects, you have the child and you have the adult. And over time through society, we've been kind of molded and pushed away from that childlike play and wonder and curiosity. And then now you create a space for where that can be done again. And then now people are kind of like, wait, I'm not used to this again. You know, like I haven't done this in a long time. So, um, you know, I, I, I feel like when you, you're setting the attention intentions already. And so I'm sure people will play and enjoy themselves, but it is kind of unlearning that has to happen in there too. Learning. Yeah, it is potentially just a large learning container, at least for the organizing crew, but then also for whoever wants to join in on the fun and hopefully learn on the way. Uh, so if y'all are, are not in charge, then uh, somebody oh. might be shaking their head and going, okay, well, who is? Or how do any decisions get made? Mm -hmm. uh, or, you know, do you have any sort of power or power dynamics thing going around the um the organizing team how do you avoid the tyranny of structurelessness if nobody's in charge maybe uh, a bunch of people have an experience of an egalitarian kind of kumbaya type of circle where everybody is exactly equal and nobody's in charge and then nothing happens so i don't know how do things get done in those you know organizing crew meetings old view to assume things get done <laughs> <laughs> every meeting is actually radically different sometimes there's a lot of silence and like something speaks through us sometimes we get down to business i often look to danielle for like decision making i think that she's holding source like i just really trust in the vision and her discernment for what happens sometimes people look at me i think we're still discovering what that looks like and each week we have an open meeting for anybody who signed up to Limicon can is welcome to attend. And we're still kind of like figuring it out as we go um, and learning. Like there's just so much learning that's happening. Um, 
And I also yeah, hold that question around the tyranny of structurelessness. We've described a few sort of like minimum specs, uh, some minimum viable rules uh, for how Limicon works, which is sort of like the edges of the container, if you will. Um, but if people have a problem with those rules or say, I really don't like this facet of it, or something else happens within that we don't have rules around, what happens? I don't know. Maybe MicroStrap, maybe MicroSolidarity has something to uh, to offer to that that inquiry. Maybe yeah. they could attend Limicon and, and help us out with that. Hmm. Been recruiting. What a move. Yes, how do you all deal with um, like memory keeping and archiving? If you wanted to do this again, would you take the same process of just letting things emerge or would you take notes and learnings that you would use for the next time? I mean, I think at least for me, I'm definitely learning as we go and, and you know, um, we keep a lot of our information on a mural board. So we have the, the Limicon mural board, but then there's also our planning mural board, which goes all the way back. Which is just an ago. online whiteboard, right? Yeah, yeah, sorry. Yeah, online whiteboard. And um, every meeting we, you know, sometimes we're all in there putting stuff on the board. Um, Ryan and Phil and Daniel do a really great job of curating kind of minutes throughout the time in there and putting screenshots and quotes and pictures in and that type of thing. Um, and yeah, so I think we have a good archive. We've been recording all the meetings too. So there is this meta perspective that we're interested in as well as like, what the heck happened during this process and what, what does that look like and what can we learn from it and take with us in the next iteration of Limicon or whatever type of event happens next after this. Hmm. There's something I wanna talk about in terms of like, I guess the design of Limicon like uh, early on in the process, I facilitated something called the ephemeral group process, which is essentially really like asking a bunch of questions and asking deeper and deeper questions. And the example would be, yeah, how do we co-create Limicon? How do we create an environment that allows people to want to put their energies in? How do we create the necessary structure to feel like there's enough scaffolding for people, but also not too much where they feel like it eliminates some of the possibility? Um, and these are questions that we we're just holding. I'm not saying we have all the answers, but these are questions that we're thinking about and we're trying to make the best decisions um, for these questions. And we've come up with like some level of here's roughly some process and really think about how do we do this process well? How do we really feel like we've heard everybody in our meetings and are coming to the best decision that we can? Because um, each of us cares about different things when we go through these processes. And can we actually hear each other and actually bring that to a better decision-making together? Um, and so this is, the learning process that we're we're figuring out in our little small group as we have gone through a lot of these meetings and I feel like it's been a valuable journey. 
it sounds like naturally people are leaning to whatever their strengths are. Um, like you're mentioning, note-taking, decisions, um, thinking about these questions. And um, I always feel like as much as we don't want to put structure on things or let things flow, I do feel like sometimes people naturally go to where their strengths are or where the need is. And some people that might be their strength is identifying the gap and stepping into that role. And so um, I'm sure you all will figure that out because someone will naturally go into that direction and, and see. Yeah. And sometimes it's the thing you're worst at, sorry, but sometimes it's the thing you're worst at, you know what I mean? And it's like, okay, it's your turn to grow. Take <laughs> this job that you're gonna be terrible at so then you can learn how to do it and we'll kind of buffer you in that, so. Yeah, so f following up on structure uh, and what, um, yeah, kind of to, to borrow the playground metaphor uh, again, you know, what kind of playground equipment uh, have you or can you put set out on the playground for people to, you know, and how do they engage with it and understand with it? But, um, um, but Phil, what you were referencing of just like, okay, in the team, and this is what we've been doing. And um, I have experienced and understand that like in a small group, in a crew or in, you know, you're, you're together with a handful of people, live, real time, the magic can happen. There are different dynamics at different scales. There's one, you know, core microsolidarity concept called the fractal scale of belonging, which points at the differences between, you know, dyad, crew, congregation, crowd, Limicon, by all indications, it's going to be quite a crowd. Uh, and so how do the dynamics of engagement or, yeah, what kind of playground equipment have you set out and how do you hope that it'll be used? I'm just kind of curious, um, you know, and maybe this is, we don't know yet, but uh, maybe this is edgy, but uh, yeah, what's the, what's the thought and the design and how does, there's emergence or liminality uh, get set up in a way. I mean, we're talking scaffolding, structure, container here, such that people can feel the security of the container, but also the openness to play. Because um, I think you all have some, you know, a few great ideas already. And what else is on your edge? Maybe I'll maybe I'll I'll share just like for the for the process for if someone's thinking I am interested in joining this playground, what will I find here? Well, the first thing that you're invited to is this network map that asks you a few questions around like what do what do you want? What do you want out of Limicon? Is there a question that you're holding? What do you have to offer? What are some of your own gifts that you think could contribute to this event? And also geographically, where are you located right now? And as every person coming in answers these questions, these answers are visible to everybody else at Limicon. So you could potentially play the role of, I'm gonna go through the map and find everyone else who lives in the same city as me. And I wanna organize some stuff for them. Or maybe I wanna look at some of the clusters, like how many people are interested in web three or in systems thinking? How many people are working in consulting? There's all sorts of these different ways in which I can start to find clusters of people 
and and know, oh, maybe there's like 20 people here holding a very similar question. And so that would be one function is like understanding what is in the room of Limicon. Now, what you might take with this, and maybe it's you, maybe it's somebody else, um, is taking this to the Miro board where there's a big brainstorming session, which is kind of like a big bulletin board where you can say something like, I think I want to host uh, a conversation on this kind of thing. Or I think I just want to host a collective presencing practice. Or I want to do authentic relating, but we're all in bubble baths. Or whatever your idea is. And other people will start to add sticky notes around it saying, oh, I love that idea. Oh, I hate that idea. Whatever. Um, maybe the ideas evolve and shift throughout this online whiteboard. And from that online whiteboard, there's another section in it, which is a schedule. So once you've got enough read of the room that it sounds like enough people kind of want to play with you in the idea that you're holding, you can actually add that to the schedule. So you'll say, here's my Zoom room. This is the location. Here's the actual time. Here's a title for the event. And here's a description of it. And that's your invitation. It now goes onto the official schedule, which will also be mirrored onto the website for everybody else who's signed up as well. And there's a calendar, a calendar of Limicon. So anybody in Limicon can create an event. They have to use their own sort of judgment about would this event be suitable? Do I think it will contribute to something? And this contributing to something is the next piece, which is, okay, so we'll run the event. So say I show up to this like authentic relating in bubble baths and like a whole bunch of people have like beautiful conversations. How does that feed back into this central thread of Limicon? We know that people are holding different questions. We know that we're going through a whole wild ass like variety of different experiments, different conversations held in different ways the micro solidarity style conversations, the, uh, I don't know, whatever, whatever different formats people want to hold, but different things will happen. And hopefully that will feed into, again, the same mural board where there may be a section for narration, or here's what we're harvesting from each of these conversations. And that is again, collectively visible so that as I'm witnessing, maybe it's now one week in, and I can see all of these nuggets that were harvested from the conversations and different things that happened in the first week that may spark new ideas for what I think I want to organize for the next week. And so again, I'll go back to that. Um, I'll talk to people. I'll say, are people interested in this thing? There was, a, there was a question that came up earlier. And I think a lot of people were curious about that. Who wants to, who wants to join me in this other conversation? And so the whole thing will have this sort of recursive uh, iterating where the feedback um, we're building on what came before. And I'm hoping that that learning process will be visible and will actually have a quality of emergence where we start to see something that is currently invisible with how many conferences, conventions run, where they don't have that reflective feedback loop involved um, as well. And there's probably going to be new other structures that form that we have no idea about. Like right now we've got a Twitter. We do not have a Discord. We do not have a Slack. Maybe someone will say, I wish to bring that to life. And we'll say, yes, awesome, cool, do that. <laughs> but I don't personally have the bandwidth to, to, to run that. Or maybe there'll be some other tool. Maybe someone will be like, hey, I wanna use this like AI thing to, to take some recordings and like create art out of it. But we don't know. 
Yeah. So I had, um, I guess, two clarifying questions. One is, um, I'm assuming based on what you said, everyone is using their own tool to facilitate whatever event they, they come up with. So it's their own Zoom, Google Meet, in-person workshop, wherever it might be. And then the second thing is you mentioned that um, everyone, whatever they choose to do or create would have a thread that's coming back to LimitCon. I guess, what is that thread that's coming back to LimitCon or what is that that they're coming back to? Well, we can practice this because in this conversation, we could hold the perspective that this conversation is a part of LimitCon as well. And that we are currently sensing into what that thread is. What is it in this conversation that we may want to bring into the Limicon uh, container? Like, how does this conversation change what happens in March? Hmm. Yeah, in some ways, Limicon has already started. Um, and I, I really want to build on what Narayan's saying. There's something like, there's a lot of, there's a difference to other conferences. Some um, some potential failure modes end up looking like, yeah, you just have a conference, you have the full agenda, every, we have speakers, you come in, you listen, right? Or a conference where it ends up be just being everybody like marketing their piece and saying their piece, and then where's the real connection? How are we really feeling into what's happening here? And so like a lot of the questions end up being like, yeah, when we're trying to co-create something, like how do we enable the network to better see itself so that they can better attune and discern what does the network actually want? What in this liminal kind of space, can we actually listen to like what wants to emerge from this place and have a more open schedule such that as these conversations are coming in, as people are discerning, like we can free flow with where the energies are at. Um, there was already a beautiful conversation that happened at one of our Wednesday um, co-creation meetings this Wednesday, which I only got to witness part of, but that's something where a lot of beauty, a lot of hardship and a lot of beauty came out of it as we're just playing with what is here and how do we really take opportunities and challenges and really turn them into gold? Um, and then how, does, how do those conversations lead to further conversations? Like there's a way in which I don't know where the network is at right now. There could be a lot of important conversations that want to be had at this time right now. And can we actually hear it? Can we actually sense into these and actually really connect on some level? One of the um, points that you all had was um, whoever shows up, shows up or something of that nature. Is there um, a tipping point or a number that you think would help get this off the ground for it to be a playground? Like one person, I mean, I guess one person can go to a playground and still play and have fun, but is there a number that you think would help bring the vision to life? Interestingly enough, early on we're like, what if, what if not many people show up? And then it was like, well, we, we'll just have fun with whoever shows up. And then I got to a question of like, what if there's too many people who show up? How do we deal with all that? And now I think the question that we're actually trying to get is like, who are the right people that want to be here? And, and we don't know how many of the 
quote unquote right people there are. And 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 I think we're actually becoming more clear on right like on a sense of fit, of fitness, like that there are people who are quite attracted to this invitation who really do want to step in and start playing. And we're seeing them showing up. There's new people at every weekly call. Um, there's just been so much growth. Like over the last week, the number of people signed up has has over doubled. Um, and, and so far it feels like the right people are finding, are finding the invitation and connecting to it. And I think there's going to be a lot of people that like don't really get it. But at some point, they're going to be like, well, I know like five or six people going. I think I'm going to show up as well. And maybe there's something in that that is actually creating a readiness in the field for something like this. But it's also that's also just like an inquiry that we're holding. Got something, too, about um, you know, bringing people in, drawing people in, and not just into like, okay, a few of my friends are going, maybe I'll sign up for this thing and maybe attend a few things, but drawing people into contribution. And this question of, you know, how do you, the question of how do you give people permission, especially when permission is not a thing that you view yourself to be giving them, uh, is one of the primary challenges. I mean, my primary community is intentional society. Uh, and that's been, you know, a challenge there of even like really passionate, energetic people kind of all, you know, in some case, look around at each other and go like, okay, well, who's going to do something or who's going to, who's going to go and be that first kid to climb onto the monkey bars, you know, at the playground or whatever, or are we all going to stay in our kind of like adults with our arms crossed, you know, uh, stance with each other. And if I asked you all, who gave you permission to host Limicon? probably just look at me funny, right? And go like, uh, well, nobody, but maybe me or us collectively? I don't know. Um, and you'd probably answer that same question to Limicon attendees and participants. But I've I've definitely heard that already of like people coming in and engaging like, oh, well, what's going on here? What's the schedule? What's the agenda? Can I look at the agenda so I can decide if I'm going to, you know, get involved or not? Or Oh, I'm curious about this thing, but I first I'll I'll see if anybody else proposes it first. Uh, and I don't know any thoughts on the kind of like removing the the need for permission. I love the silence. Tell yeah. myself that means it's a good question. <laughs> yeah, it it's it kind of like the silence itself is almost like indicative of of like how you do it. Um, like because like you 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 said like how do you do it and it's like waiting for I'm waiting for everybody else to tell me like to say like this is how you get permission, or like waiting for someone to say Daniel, what do you think? I want I want to hear what you think, and when you just like when you sit in that silence and you're like okay like there's a question here there's this thing that wants to be heard like this is what we're all focusing on nobody's saying it nobody's answering it nobody's doing the thing it's 
like the then like after after the panic wears off, it's the introspection shows up and it's wait, why am I not doing this? Right? Like, why did I not get permission to speak? And then I'm like reflecting on James's words, and he's like, well, who's who's supposed to give me permission? Right? Like, <laughs> like my mom's not here. Like, <laughs> there's no there's no one in charge of me that can give me permission in this, you know, aside from maybe myself or something like that. And I, I think like just in the regular world, it's it's everybody's like always trying to snatch the opportunities. And and in, in these places, it's um it's like people are are really like caring for the space. And so if nobody's stepping up, it's it's not because they don't want the opportunity or they don't want to do it. It's because the, either that like they're making space for you for for other people to show up and and i think like like that can combined with watching people do things badly is like the biggest permission ever <laughs> like when you watch someone stumble and nobody's there to like attack them or jump on them it it gives you permission to think hey maybe i can do better and to, to step in and, and take those risks and to stumble along as well. Yeah, I love that last thing you said, Daniel, because I'm really kind of seeing that as I'm going out and talking to people. It's, it's, people are really wanting this space. Like people, it, it doesn't, it doesn't really feel like permission. It feels like people are like, thank you. This is amazing. This is, what I want to help build. And um, the the block is is kind of that fear sometimes that, oh, what if I mess up? Or what if I do something on the edge that's too far on the edge? Or, And um, I think that's another thing that this process and being very transparent about the process is, is, like you said, helping with because people can see like, oh yeah, they're all just kind of <laughs> trying to figure out what they're doing and um, we're all, making mistakes together and and so yeah it's actually of james what you told me on wednesday is i you found your purpose or your role for limicon so i think there's like three questions i got one is like how do we craft the invitation to attract the right people Second is like, how do we create the environment or the structures to kind of liberate this kind of type of energy? But then there's a third thing where it's like, how do we find people who are like willing to, you know, be the first follower and actually get a little bit messy and actually step up? Um, yeah. And then how does that lead other people to want to join in and also uh, start playing? Um, you know, it's interesting you talk about invitation and access and inviting and having the right people. One thing that came to mind, not just about Limicon, but even other things I participated in, like Microsolidarity, I noticed, at least for me, I'm like, where are the Black people? Where are the like Latinx people? Just thinking all these things because I'm just like, I know we're doing the work and we're involved and participate in doing this type of work for a very long time. But is it and so part of me wants to wonder is it just the invitation is not being extended 
It's that people don't know that these things are happening. Is it a cost thing? Is it that maybe they're on the ground doing, you know, whatever grassroots thing that they're not gathering with people to do this? So, or maybe there's other gatherings that are happening where they're in their own spaces. And so then it makes me think about like, how do we then blend these two different go across race, gender, class lines to bring people together so that the true picture um, can happen. Because I do think a lot of people are doing this work. And, um, you know, when I look at the network map, not everyone has a picture, but I'm looking and I'm just like, okay. I mean, I'm interested in going and attending, but then I wonder, would someone else look at this and say, okay, maybe this is not for me. Um, and then, or maybe it's like, yeah, so those are just kind of thoughts that are coming into my mind, and I'm curious, have you all thought about that at all? In hearing that, Lisa Marie, I I noticed some sadness, like, in myself. Um, and there's there's sort of, like, a mix of, like, I really, I really want that, too. I want more diversity, more visible diversity. I want the voices that feel like they would, that the voices that would listen to an invitation like this and say, I don't know what the hell this is talking about, or I don't see myself in this picture because I feel like they are a part. I feel like th this is a little bit corny, but I feel like every person on the planet is a part of the future mm -hmm. for, for us. And to the extent that people or groups feel like they are not a part of the future that I'm imagining or that my part of the network or something is imagining, it feels wrong to me, like like wrong. Um and I and I don't know what to do about it. I I see, I think in, in some of the network weaving work that I do, I see like some places have like each each network, each community has its own. vibe, flavor, different groups feel attracted to different things. Like I've participated in the effective altruism space and being a part of so many conversations saying something like, well, another room with like 90% dudes here. What are mm -hmm. we going to do about it? And I'm like, and, and the quality of the conversation is being like, well, this is not from, from the room of people that are here, they will not be able to think their way out of the room full of people that they're in right now. And then I've also been in retreats where it's been entirely people of color and, and queer people and heavily influenced in that space. And the questions that they're talking about are totally different as well. Mm -hmm. And when I think about inviting people from both of those spaces together to Limicon, I would love to do that. And, and I haven't. And so now I'm like looking inward and saying, why haven't I? At the same time, I've heard um, some thinking from y'all and even on the front page of the website about, you know, for those who are in the web and for those who are not in the web or on the edge. And maybe there's something to speak to about, um, mm. you know, how does this, how does this speak to people who go liminal what? Uh, or maybe are, are uh, a fan of one podcast of one person that that might be you know involved or something like that. Um, what's the experience from the edge, and how have you considered that? 
think there's a lot of people on the edges. I think I'm, I've been interested in it a lot because I feel like I've come in from the edge in the last couple of years. So, so it, it feels to me like I've been kind of fighting my way into this space from the edge and taking a lot of um, experience from that of, of what it's like. And so it's, it's been really important for me to try and listen to those voices on the edge. Um, also, the, the kind of outer, outer edge of the people like my friends and family who I've been talking about this to and who see, you know, or who are living in the world of systems that are broken and, and, you know, on board with this stuff, but just haven't had time to listen to a bunch of podcasts, you know what I mean? Or, or the, the space or the, you know, motivation like I have. Um, and so really, um, wanting to think about ways to include those people, that part of my life into this space as well. And um, so, yeah, it's it's just a really hard question. And it's, I think we're trying to do it in the ways that we can and the ways that we have space for right now. And we're probably not gonna do it the best, but hopefully we can learn it'll it'll still teach us something about that process and about um, how to do it better next time and about who who is on the edge who who's and what what are they talking about and also who's on the edge and who do, do they know if you think about the web and the edge of a web goes like this each of those people they play actually an important role of making the web stay together or it's just gonna unravel and so it's like who are those people who do they know and then also how do they they tie back in because they at least when I think of I'm describing when I'm thinking of a web I'm picturing a spider's web um and how it's structured and how it stays together there's certain key pieces that are that are there and so um you know thinking about that too is also um coming to mind as you all are talking and I, and I think it's tricky there I had a conversation this week and um, we were talking about kind of those edges and the liminal space and um, they said, you know, that's where the tension is, is, you know, the edge is between two, two things. And so that's where the tension is between the one thing and the other thing. And so I think that's, that's part of the challenge of the edges is you have to go through that tension. You know what I mean? It can't just be all happy and hunky dory at those edges. You have to get into some of that, that tension. And so, um, I think just trying to be gentle and mindful about navigating that tension is is what we're really trying to hope for and lean into at this point, at least. Internally, we have a, a running, I don't know, inside joke. We call it the moms in hotels. Because uh, <laughs> what part of what um, Danielle has been bringing to this is, is like, we want to create an event that Danielle can in, invite her friends to, which include a lot of moms and it a lot includes a lot of people who work in hotels. And if we can build an event where those people say, yeah, I'm interested in this. I could see myself here. Then that that's really cool. Mm -hmm. And that places Danielle in a bit of a bridge kind mm -hmm. of role. And if you're able to make that, that bridge to the moms and hotels, uh, <laughs> uh, to this like Limicon invitation, 
there's there's a beauty in in being able to be that bridge and then they'll all come and now the edge is actually further out mm-hmm. homes and hotels are no maybe they were the edge but if they can actually bridge to another group of people that's even more sort of further out or something each person and their ability to bridge can can push that edge further and include more i think i think i'm thinking also that that maybe having some clarity around like it doesn't always it doesn't have to be digital it can also be like an in-person kind of thing and maybe framing it as like um installations or pop-ups pop-ups around like ideas that you want to see or change that you want to see because the people who are on the ground maybe the people in the hotels or the moms there's probably things that they're thinking about or challenges that they have in their communities that maybe they wouldn't go onto the network map and put themselves in per se, but they would love to have some kind of pop-up meet up at the park with their kids and talk to other moms about something. And maybe their question would be, if they were adding to the the mural board would be like, how many moms want to see more stop signs in this neighborhood? And, you know, other people would be writing that, but I do think the disconnect is that, there are people, I believe, who are really feeling all the topics in that um, word cloud. They're feeling those things. But the disconnect is that they're in the, the physical world, you know, doing the thing or experiencing the thing. And then, like, you need to bridge that gap and bring them into the digital realm where they'll be able to connect with these people. And so maybe it is kind of like how you're saying, maybe there's people who are that bridge who are the translators and kind of saying, you know, not using a word like, crew with them but saying like I don't know what you would call like a mom group but like you know like your group maybe the mom group you know maybe just use a word like that your mom group and like um using different language to kind of translate for the people who are doing these things but may not know that there's words language and people who are the thinkers of this um because right now what it seems like it's like the thinkers and the um and I think that's kind of like where you bridge that gap for the people on the ground I'm suddenly very interested. <laughs> well, Daniel, I was just telling Narayan, uh, I'm looking to probably host a whole bunch of in-person Toronto uh, meetups while Limicon is happening and see how this like local network merges with the online network and how <laughs> those two interplay with each other. Yeah. Um, like this, uh, Lisa Marie, the, this thing that you're talking about is um, like, this has sort of been like the thread that I've been following since Emerge, uh, which is, yeah, we talked about that. Like I've been following this, at, like I guess since before the Macon existed, but like there's, there is these people that are living, like living life in a way. And it's and like in a way that's like unknown to others. And they have like a like a like a subculture and like a way of seeing things, a way of looking, a way of being. And they're not able to necessarily like like you're saying, they're not able to bridge that gap into almost like mainstream or explain it to other people. And it, it's it's like um it's like a different skill set to be able to live that life than to be able to explain it to to uh, people who aren't living that life. Like it, it feels like those are those are two things that are different that sh- that um, when they come together, 
that's when like magic and and change and excitement and learning really really happens um the way the way i've been thinking about it and this is from like peter Lindbergh and like both people before me um it, it, we call it uh, they call it uh, mimetic mediation so it's like there's there's these like tribes these like tribes that have their own memes that would like make sense to them that aren't don't necessarily make sense to others and um i i absolutely love doing this <laughs> this is like my favorite thing in the world it it just feels like you get all this like free knowledge like people just sit and explain stuff to you and they'll like thank you after for for like giving for just having the opportunity to learn uh, for for them to have the opportunity to express themselves and for me just to have the opportunity to learn from that um mm. it it just happened sorry i'm taking way too much time <laughs> but it, it just happened at the last meeting was it yesterday um I think that um, like there was there was a bunch of there was someone saying something there was a couple of women saying something about their their feminine experience and then afterwards I was just like Danielle I'm like oh isn't that this and she's like no it's this other thing and then like when she started going going in and, and sharing all that passion um, and I still don't know what they're talking about but it seems like extremely interesting and it's something that I would like love to draw out and. And like have that expressed, like done in a way that's slow and deliberate and cared for, so that they have the space to be able to explain it, and then I have the space to be able to share the parts, share the parts, reflect the parts that I don't understand, and then have them be able to, to express that part. Um, and I would love to do it. I, I know this isn't really supposed to be pragmatic. I guess like we're more like uh, <laughs> in the themes, but I can't resist. Um, I would love like if there are people or groups that that want to be seen to but to to like see them and to hold that space for them. And and I'm thinking now that we should probably make a YouTube channel where we yeah. where we just put on all of these um have all these conversations there. Sounds like you just created a event for Limicon. <laughs> How do we start a YouTube documentary series where we document these stories? Yeah. yeah. And and like for me, it's like like the thing I love doing is like onboarding everyone else. It's like, hey, there's these people that are cool and they're hanging out with me, teaching me stuff. Like, come like like come along for that journey as well. Um and like that. sitting around the campfire and just yeah. like someone talking. Yeah. Somebody has already made a few campfire events that Ooh. will be held after other events, which may bring up differences. <laughs> space for reintegration, space for us to actually sort of step back and be like, hey, I wasn't able to hold your perspective in that because something was triggered within me. But in that campfire context, maybe I can relax again and actually start to hold another perspective. I think that's going to be one of... That's one of the features that I think is going to be somewhat defining within Limicon is a capacity to take perspectives or a capacity to not be able to take perspectives, but then to step back and notice, I really wasn't able to take that perspective. And it doesn't mean that that perspective is wrong, but it means that there's something that the system itself could see and there's something interesting here. Yeah, I resonate with, for me, the liminal web itself being a campfire uh, and being a bridge and 
maybe it's a little bit like uh is it esperanto the the artificial language uh that kind of like oh everybody everybody has to learn this made up thing in order to be able to communicate with each other in this made up thing um but the usefulness of it uh is gosh, that it's that's bridged across so many different disciplines uh and so many different perspectives already and so that um uh, what was the 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 stoas uh slogan of about being a, a digital campfire and a place of of coherence and cohering uh around that digital campfire that um yeah I think there's something about the word liminal itself uh i had to look it up when i first heard it uh and frankly i don't remember what the official definition is but it to me it speaks of betweenness and it speaks of not really one thing but not really the other thing either uh and to me like not really in the conventional world um but not quite in you know what other world are we in and finding each other and i think that's what's got me so excited about limicon mm. is actually the thing that i hope comes out of it is um finding the others if we know that quote the the finding mm. the others maybe the weirdos uh maybe the people who are weird in the same way that you are or maybe in different ways, other interestingly different ways. Um, baby. And yeah, that, um, mm. uh, anyway, so that, um, maybe the last thing we'll, we'll do here is if we could, if we could do a round of like, just what are you hoping, what are each of you hoping comes out of Limicon, whether in the event itself or even after the event, uh, what would what would wild success look like, or what would your dream or your vision for what comes out of this be? Um, would love to get whatever fully formed, half formed uh, takes of what comes to mind for y'all. Danielle's thinking. I'm just having a real hard time because, um, and this is a question I think over the course of the last six months or something, we've asked the group, <laughs> like this has been an opening question several times. And I think my answer probably always keeps changing. And at this point, I feel like I might've kind of let go of expectations or dreams around it just to, I think it's already it's already exceeded what I kind of hoped it would be and it's on this path now and so it's just it's just the cherry on top. <laughs> yeah, what it, what it is. <laughs> I'll I'll echo some of that. Um I think where I'm at with the Limicon process is a bit of letting go. Um as more and more people keep joining and the snowball is growing it, it feels like we planted a seed and it, it's just growing and i'm not in control we're not in control but the thing that that i that feels really good to me is sort of like this word integrity and quality um that every interaction that i do within limicon has a sort of like 
meta integrity. Like out of the meeting last Wednesday, I was not at my best. I, in reflection, was like, oh, I wish I did this. Oh, I could have held the space better. Oh, there's all these possibilities that could have happened because beautiful people came into the space and we just scratched the surface of what was actually possible. Um, and I think I'm going to feel that way about Limicon. It's going to be like, we had, I don't know, 500 super, super cool people just willing to lean in and step in and, and do all of this thing. And we did like 1% of the possibilities of what I think we might actually be able to do together. But I want to, I want to look at that and say like, and every moment that I was present in, I was present and I did, I did my best. I, I feel like this is an accurate representation. I am in terms of the Narayan of the future, the Narayan that can do the kind of systems change that I think is mine to do on this planet. I'm still at like 1% of my capacity as a leader of that change. And so when me as my 1% self shows up and sees that we're scratching 1% of the possibility, I think it's it's something like I should celebrate the fact that I could even glimpse that something this beautiful was possible this time. Yeah, I was inspired when Narayan said this and called before this. I feel inspired now. Um there is this like felt sense of just in every moment, every moment trying to tune and discern as best as I can. And also there's like this alignment that I feel of like this event and a long chain of different things that are important to me. Um, and uh, trying to feel like in alignment to that. Um, and then specifically to your question, James, I, I view Limicon as a playground. I'm really excited to play with the ephemera group process and bring that as a demo to, to the world and show that case because I think it has a lot of power. And then also um, I'm interested in hosting like an in-person kind of event around creating the new models, creating the regenerative cities and finding the people who are interested in coming to that. Um, and so those are some things that I, I feel aligned towards I see Limicon for me as like uh, bridging to that. Um, yeah. Yeah. As an attendee, I look forward to putting forth some relational practices, uh, offerings there hopefully in a way that folks who would say like, what the heck do you mean by relational practices? Uh, you know, actually might feel some sort of connection or attraction to, you know, what is possible in deeper human to human connection. And aren't I sick of just talking about the weather and surface level stuff in all of my day-to-day -day interactions with people and like what, what tools uh, could I have to create more meaning and more depth in the relationships that I have? Peekaboo. <laughs>
I guess I'll share. I'm completely new to Liminal Web um, and Limicon and all of that. So I guess um, I'm always interested in learning about new ways of being and strategies and ways people are um, operating collectively. So I'm just looking forward to learn, learning and seeing um, yeah, what emerges. Yeah, I'm I'm now very interested in the simulation. <laughs> I think that's what it's uh it's something that's not just talking through this. I missed the one word you're interested in. What was that word? I'm now interested in like uh, the mimetic mediation. So like like meeting meaning all the, the tribes, like the groups of people. And not necessarily like official groups, or it could be official groups. But it could also be like the people who also see things in common that other people don't see. And like to me, that's like that's what draws. <laughs> that's what draws me to the liminal web is like people seeing things that other people don't see, and then expressing them in ways so that other people can start to see them. And then we can like live, you know, the metaphor of the elephant comes to mind where we're all looking at the elephant. And if people like starting, let's, let's talk, talk that, and then we can, we can stop living in this world of blindness and start, start seeing, start seeing reality. Start seeing the shared reality. Elephant translators and communicators. Yeah. Uh, so it is the middle of February right now, and we might have some folks riding along with us throughout the last hour of this conversation. If those folks feel that special twinge of resonance and attraction, uh, where do they go by when? Um, Danielle? So the website is limicon2024.com. And so that is our registration page and info page. And the, the convention starts March 6th, but you can register anytime throughout. It goes till April 3rd. And so I think we're welcoming people all the way up through the end. And, and yeah. I've been also told to mention that the pricing is fairly cheap and meant to be accessible. Um, I imagine right now, if you click the registration button, as I see here, the lowest tier is at $25 um, for community members. So I think that I just want to highlight that. Do we have any discount codes for uh, people that are listeners of this podcast? Maybe we'll put that in the show. We note. should. <laughs> in the show note. I don't know if we have and, that. And but we can make that. <laughs> yeah, we definitely want to make it accessible to everyone. If if there's any reason that, you know, you want to go, but for whatever reason you can't register on the website, just let us know. 
Well, I'm more interested in seeing who comes. And Orion has a bunch. I've got a discount code for people. So (laughs) the pricing tiers start at uh, $25, just sort of like minimum. Uh, But if you want to support this work and contribute a little bit more, there's also a $50 tier or a $100 tier or a, you know, just donate money to the project. Um, There's, we're going to be trying to fund uh, initiatives coming out of Limicon as well. Um, But if you want to uh, pay the $50 tier, uh, you can use the discount code discounts make me happy and that gets you 40% off James looks confused <laughs> <laughs> I'll just enjoy that confusion and uh, I will spell it L-I-M-I-C-O-N uh, in case Limicon there's any ambiguity around that but I guess that'll make it into the video title so whatever well, I look forward to seeing you all there, Lisa Marie. I was going to say that this um, episode or recording will be on the Micro Solidarity YouTube channel. It's Micro Solidarity. And then also on the Spotify account, um, the audio version as well. And the Spotify is also Micro Solidarity. So, um, you know, if you prefer to see or listen, there's two options. Mm-hmm. And the website for microsolidarity is microsolidarity.cc. Yeah, where you'll find information about the theoretical underpinnings of microsolidarity, information about the practice programs that are offered, and even about the community of folks behind that and the Discord and uh, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, we'll say thank you all to anybody that has followed us this far. I'll wave to our kind viewers and say, see you at Limicon 2024. See you at Limicon. (laughs) Let's go.